Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good Wednesday afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny. You are listening live to 106.7 The Fan. January 3rd, 2024. We got Wizards tickets. We're giving those away in two hours at four. We'll blitz the NFC East at five. And Mark Schlereth joins the show at six to help preview the biggest NFL games of the weekend with major playoff ramifications. Danny, how are you? What do you say, buddy? So I had a, uh, a show this past weekend, a little New Year's Eve thing. Ran into a, a couple of friends that I don't get to see a ton because it's they're down in Fredericksburg. And they came to the show. It was very nice. And we were just talking about stuff, and they're just not sports people. They don't follow sports, right? And that's great. Do what you want, whatever makes you happy. But it occurs to me that they miss out on so many amazing things. Last night, for example, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I hate so much, come in red hot beyond comparison. The Capitals can't score. So, of course, what happens? Four first-period goals. Shucking and jiving, montaging, easy street. Then the worst period maybe ever, the second period, and then hold on for dear life. Sports provided all of that. What were they doing? What were they doing that I, that I, you see what I'm saying? Like, I got that. I got that journey. I got that wild ride. I got the joy, the the the, the heartbeat racing, all the terror and all the fun. And they just missed. They were just like watching a, a Lifetime movie or something or like eating dinner, making eye contact. Just weird to me. Like, we get to do the sports thing, and people opt out of it on purpose. Weird to me. There is nothing I like more in sports right now as a sports fan than beating the Penguins. It's fun. And in a game when Tom Wilson scores and mixes it up a little bit, no fights, but he was agitating. You've got Alex Ovechkin scoring a goal that didn't get taken away for an egregious call and a terrible goaltender interference on Nick Dowd. Can't take this one away. They played keep away with the lead. Up 4 nothing, gave up three goals, ended up holding on for two points in regulation, and a win over the Penguins. So you've got a couple more points than them in the standings, and more importantly, a game in hand. Uh, at this point, the Capitals wake up this morning a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. Thought Darcy Kemper was outstanding late. They were really good on the penalty kill. Credit to their staff for having a goal taken off the board for Pittsburgh when they were offsides when Washington challenged. So it was a complete team effort, and you're right. The first period, pretty inexplicable based on their season, that the goals seemed to come very easily. But you knew that that valve was going to get turned off. Oh, totally. I just hated watching the broadcast. I don't typically like to just crush a broadcast. And the guys that were calling the game, I think it was Butchie Gross and Weeks and a couple people from ESPN, Like they're good. They're really, really good, very knowledgeable, passionate hockey people. Maybe it's just my own fandom and my own bias. They came off to me like such Penguins homers the entire time. I found it really, really difficult. I was contemplating at one point muting the game and linking up with John Walton on my smart device just to listen to the call, uh, but it, it just would have taken a lot of work. But I thought about it for about 30 minutes straight. I'm like, why am I listening? Why, well, why don't I just turn on Walton? Number one, there are the entire 
NHL broadcast machine or Penguins homers. Like, think about playoff time. It's like the, the we go to the, the dude on ice, Pierre, whatever his name is. Oh, Enzo, Sidney Crosby just, uh, he skated two strides in a row, Enzo. My pants have incinerated. Garbage, nonsense. There's so many other players in the league. He's great, Hall of Famer. They have a, a lot of uh, superstars on that team. So many great players. They don't know how to market anything. They can screw off. Speaking of difficult, uh, they should make it more difficult to watch marquee matchups. The thing the NFL does that is so correct, by the way, they'll do the... This Thursday night, it's only on Amazon Prime. you got to check out the Prime subscription. But to the local markets, they make it available to the local markets on like a regular local television channel because it's an important game for you. Look at this. i got to go through all sorts of hoops through the ESPN Plus thing and whatever, and it's super annoying. Just please make it easier to see your product. People would like to see it. Yeah, you got to make Ovechkin-Crosby a nationally televised linear game. That can't be app only which is what they really like to do for whatever they reason love it. with these Caps-Penguins games. But it was a good win last night. I redid my carbs rankings uh, on Twitter today over on X at Grand H. Paulson. So my top five carbs as of right now, I've got Aussie Rolls from the Great American Restaurants. Uh, you should always go to the Great American Restaurants. They're number one. Mm-hmm. I've got French fries. They are number two. I've got Spencer Carberry. As my number three carb right that's now. That's high early. You're high on, on Spence. I am. Yeah. I like pasta number four. Yeah, that's a good one. And then I went with cookies number five. Now, what I don't have is donuts and or bagels, and I wanted both of them on the list. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make a new rule. Cookies are 5A, donuts are 5B, and bagels are 5C. That's my top five uh, carbs right now. Spencer Carberry has cracked the list. Congratulations. Well, respectfully to Spencer Carberry, it's still early for me. I, I like him, but... He's not, he's gonna knock off a bagel for you? No, like you can't do that. Like I've got forty. Well, I've got forty four years with bagels. You know what I mean? Like I, I've got a lifetime of love and tenderness with burritos and fries and tater tots and pretzels. You ever had a pretzel? Like Spencer Carberry's doing a nice job. Pretzels, man. These pretzels are making me thirsty. I got history with pretzels. I I I probably have to do a top twenty seven list. He might make that. Wizards, Cavs tonight. Wiz back in action. There's actually a really funny tweet from Kyle Kuzma last night. There was like some random site. I don't know if they're reputable or not. I would imagine not. Just I never know. On the rumor. But they suggested like the Wizards might trade Kyle Kuzma for a couple first round picks. And Kuzma retweeted it. And he's like, oh, I'm like that? I thought that was really funny. Like he's openly questioning. Am I actually worth that much? Like he knows. He's aware of the information of what's out there on him. But they play the Cavs this evening. They are obviously underdogs. Uh, and the Wizards looking to get themselves an early January win to kick off the new year here. Are they? I guess they are, technically. The players are. Coaches are. What do you mean? Well, big picture, they're they're playing for the future. But, yeah, you're right. I guess No the, one in the organization is trying to lose. Right. They're not actually trying to lose. Uh Cleveland, by the way, is just is very okay, like aggressively mediocre. They should be better than they are. They're but pretty that's good, eighteen there. and fifteen. Yeah, like the Wizards have been that good like twice in my life. I know they've got pieces that I that are exciting, but that's neither here nor there. It's a uh, you're right. It, it is a chance to sort of. I liked it when they were playing well and losing. I'll take that. You know what I mean? Like I want the whether you win or lose, I don't care. As long as Kolobali's doing stuff and some of the young players that are going to be here are actually contributing and doing some things. I like it when they play hard, play tight, end up losing by a couple of buckets. They, they were doing more of that towards the end of uh, December. Nine and a half point spread tonight. Cleveland is favored. Uh, Wizards last time out is exactly kind of what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. That Sunday game against Atlanta, 130 to 126. The loss, 
been disappointing, obviously, but Kuzma scored 38, had eight rebounds, five assists. Wizards didn't get the ball back uh, enough on offense because they just, they, frankly, they couldn't get stops. They couldn't get out in transition. But one in seven in their last eight games on the road. They are six and three against the spread in their last nine contests. If you're thinking about that plus nine and a half. Interesting. They are such a terrible rebounding team that it's it, it's actually exasperating. It's it, You know what my, my best analogy is? A defense that can't stop the run. I don't mean like, oh, struggles against the run or struggles sometimes. Like every play is a seven-yard gash. The opponents out-rebounding them by double digits on average on a nightly basis. That is rare to see, and there's no commitment to it. They're like, well, we're going to try to get out and run. I think you need the ball to get out and run, but just one man's opinion. Last night became official. Brock Bowers has declared for the NFL draft. Bowers is the big tight end from Georgia, who's uber athletic. Uh, a lot of people have comped him, I think, just because he's a great tight end, like Rob Gronkowski, not in terms of style of play, but maybe the quality of the player. I mean, look, Gronk's a Hall of Fame tight end. Everybody loves Bowers, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the beginning ending of the comp. I think he's George Kittle. Like, that's who I see when I watch him. But this is a versatile, multiple tight end who can do everything. He can block. He can catch. You can line him up in the slot. You can put him out at wide receiver. He's not going to run a 4-4-40, but he's athletic. He's speedy. He can you know run with corners. I think he's going to be too big and physical for linebackers. He's too fast. Uh, so this is a super talented player. Burst onto the scene in Georgia as a freshman back in 2021 at 880 yards and 13 touchdowns. Last year won the Mackey Award, best tight end in the country, led the Bulldogs with 63 catches for 940 yards. Then he was hurt for much of this season. But before Washington climbed into the top two, before it became, it's time to draft a quarterbackville mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C., which is what where I think we live right now. We live in the, you need a quarterback. It's too hard to find them. When you're drafting this high, don't make the mistake of 2020. Take the quarterback you like the most at number two overall. I was all in on Bowers. Like, if they picked, and they still could, I guess, but if they're in that five, six, seven range, uh-huh. left tackle makes the most sense probably, whether that's Bashano from Penn State or Alt from Notre Dame. But someone's going to take Brock Bowers in the top 10. And I don't think this is like a Kyle Pitts situation where a handful of years from now we're going to be complaining about usage. This to me is like when you look at the Lions and you see what they were just able to add with Sam mm-hmm. Laporta, or when you look at San Francisco and Kittle. Maybe not Kelsey, Kansas City, the greatest tight end of all time, but a massive weapon at the most underappreciated position in the sport. It's a matchup thing. And and years ago, New England, when it, it, it sounds, you know, awkward to reference it, but when they had those bookend tight ends of Gronkowski and Hernandez, they were unstoppable. If you went nickel against them, they just ran it and mauled you. If you tried to go base package, they run by every linebacker, period. And they kind of, kind of figured that out. So it always frustrated me that Washington couldn't do that with Fred Davis and Chris Cooley. They had to interchange. That, that always bothered me. I wanted more innovation there when it came to that. But the matchup advantage of if you try to cover him with a bigger, more physical player to deal with the fact that he's a good inline blocker. He's not a left tackle or anything, but he's a way better than average blocker, better than anybody they've got on the roster currently. He's going to run right by that dude. And that's a reception. You could book it. He's open right now. If you go, all right, we'll go small. A, you could box him out in, in small spaces, but also he'll knock that dude into into Cleveland. The following, you know, each and every play. This is that kind of hybrid, unstoppable weapon that good offensive coordinators have a field day with because you have to account for him, and that makes it so that everybody else can can work a little bit. I could see him going six to the Chargers, anywhere really, probably in the six to nine range. 
Right now, the Panthers' number one pick belongs to Chicago, and I think they're going to trade that pick and keep Justin Fields, if I had to guess, which I would not do. I would take Caleb Williams, but I think they're going to be able to get a King's Ransom. They've seen enough in their mind for Fields, who that front office has poured a lot of time, energy, effort into Mm -hmm. already. So you ride with Fields, you trade back, and you get a boatload of picks, and you build around him. They still have the 10th overall pick even before trading back. So you could still have two top 10 picks, add a first-rounder next year, maybe a first-rounder the year after, and a second and a third or something like that. And you just make all the selections you want. But I think Washington then takes a quarterback at two. I hope that's Drake May and, and that Williams goes first. But I guess it's possible May goes one, and then Caleb Williams would go two to Washington. Uh, and, and then, you know, after the team that traded up to one takes QB, Washington takes quarterback. Maybe the Patriots take Jalen Daniels third or something. Marvin Harrison Jr. goes four to Arizona, mm-hmm. and now the draft really gets going. Like, the Giants are, are slated at five. Could they be the team that trades up for Caleb Williams to one? Could totally see that. If it's not them, that's a possible Bowers destination right there. Or does a guy like Penix or uh, another quarterback kind of play their way into the top ten convo? But Bowers is going to be taken in the middle of the top ten. I don't care if he's a tight end or not. He's too good. I- it makes sense for a bunch of teams. You mentioned the Chargers for sure. The Jets could use him if and when Aaron Rodgers comes back next season. One extra weapon for him. That'd be right? a good one. That's a great fit. I mean, the, the the thing is with a player that good, everybody could go, yeah, we'll, we'll make that fit. We'll figure that right out. Like, Tennessee needs offensive line help desperately. Brock Bowers will help <laughs> like, no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, as, as they're kind of trying to rebuild there uh, on the fly. But I think, I think that guy is awesome. One thing I want to say real quick about tight end, and it relates to Washington, actually. I've always felt like tight end, just myself watching football, is such a critical and important position that's underappreciated. And one of the first things I ever uh, saw Eugene Shen talk about was this uh, clip getting sent around the internet after Washington had just brought him in as their new head of the analytics department. Mm -hmm. And he was talking to a college class. I think it was Florida Atlantic, which is where Alfred Morris went. Uh Uh, Mascot is the... It's uh uh a uh the mm, Aztecs. I'm looking for owls. Owls, I believe. I could be making that up. I played with a guy from Florida. Atlantic. Weren't they I just know in that. the NCAA tournament uh, in the Final Four? I think they're the out. They're like a ranked team right now. But anyway, I'm pretty sure he was talking about Florida Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And a kid asked him like, "What position? You know how we say running back is like overvalued or oversaturated? Like what's undervalued?" And he said tight end. And his logic was common sense to me, which is. The best wide receivers cost almost $30 million. The best tight ends cost about $15 million. But if you can find your Kelsey, your Kittle, your Laporta, who I'll mm-hmm. throw into that convo, yep. Hawkinson. Mark Andrews. Like, those are exceptional weapons. It costs way less. And you don't just get that receiving value, but the blocking value from that elite group as well. And teams just don't properly appreciate how much better your team can get how quickly, especially with a young quarterback, with the safety valve of a weapon at tight end. I thought it was a massive miscalculation by this team this offseason. 100%. We screamed about that. To, to go into the year thinking that you it's all set. We got Cole Turner, John Bates, and Logan Thomas. We've washed our hands with any tight end needs. Thought that was a joke, and, and it hasn't quite worked out, but I, I would love to see them make tight end a priority. Now, if you take a quarterback at two, you obviously aren't going to do that with Bowers. Yeah. Come back in the second round with one of those two picks, take a tackle, and take a tight end. Th- those would be my first three selections. And you're saying, well, what about edge? What about linebacker? What about secondary? I got 90 million bucks to spend. I'm going to get you what you need. Mm -hmm. 
You sit back. We'll figure that right put out. Put those feet up and watch me spend my money, okay? You guys think free agency is evil? I don't. I'm going to spend my money. I'm gonna add, There's a little thing called talent that matters in this league. I'm going to bring some to you. But you, you got to pick the right players, obviously. You got to find fits, and that's going to be up to the new front office to do that. The you know, finding that white whale of a, of a tight end that can do everything well. I mean, because there's the Darren Wallers of the world are great receivers, right? The, what's the guy? Not anymore. He, he's, well, he was, but he's just the guy, right? He's like bones, right? Well, yeah, around. now he's, he's, he's hurt all the time, but like Marcus Colston, like that sort of weird hybrid thing. It's he was the, a wide out. You're thinking more just traditional tight ends. Yeah. But like the, like the, the guys that can actually really and truly do everything where like in the playoff game that everybody celebrated with Taylor Heineke going toe to toe with Tom Brady for a while. Rob Gronkowski single-blocked Chase Young a dozen times. Yeah. Like, that's rare. You can find someone that could do that and then beat your brains in, also receiving and also, you know, kind of doing a little bit of everything. Obviously, that's a Hall of Famer. There's a few of those guys. It's hard to find. I mean, so, like, coaches and and executives, I think, default to the John Bates type, the straight inline blockers that can go jumbo, nine tight ends for goal line pushing contests. But, yeah, you find one of those versatile studs I think it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it seems like they decided somewhere pretty early Turner couldn't block well enough to be on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't know why else he wouldn't have played because he got open semi frequently and made, whenever the ball was near him with catch radius, he would grab, he'd catch it. Yep. I just have to imagine it wasn't that. It wasn't that they liked that wasn't he caught that, the ball. Wasn't that thing? Or that he seemed to have more separation than John Bates. Mm. So it had to be the blocking. The other side of it, as you said, is Bates, who can block, but after the catch is about as scary in the open field as you would be, right? So <laughs> I wouldn't be very scary. No, well, that, that makes two of you. Then. Yeah, and I'm not. It sounds like I'm joning on him. I don't mean to be, but he's a blocking tight end. Yeah. Like to me, he's that guy can be here as long as he wants to be. Buy a house, you and your wife uh, have your kids, and and send them to school in Loudoun County. Like I like you on my football team. I want you around, man. You're my third tight end for the next 15 years, but you're my third tight end. Third, and I'm throwing you the ball like six times a season. And normally it's going to be in the end zone when, like, every I got everyone moving in all these directions. And you're going to block like, for four seconds right. and the action's going the other way. Then you kind of, whoops, like, you fall down. Whoa, John Bates is wide open yeah, for you a Billy touchdown. Bobbitt. Yeah, I'm with you. That's more what I'm looking for, not whatever this season was. Where he where swats it down to the ground so hard. He was catching the ball in space. He actually made some nice catches in the second half. It's just, I need speed. Yep. I need playmaking mm-hmm. after the catch. Even at tight end, you're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Rivera just talked a few minutes ago about the starting quarterback situation for this weekend. Congratulations to Sam Howell. He is getting the nod in Week 18. So the break worked, guys. A week ago, he yep. needed a rest, and he, he really needed to sit down or else, God forbid, he had to play against he those 49ers. But he proved. He's back. He's mm-hmm. ready for another start. Well, we'll get into that next on G&D. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. yet about who's going to play start a quarterback yes yeah we're going to stick with sam and is it just because of what you saw anything last sunday or is it because of jacoby's situation well i think it's a little bit of both but i thought what sam did and went out and did the things that you know we were hoping he would be able to do he did some really good things i thought he managed a couple of the drives very well very nicely and um you know again want to see him get an opportunity to finish it out what else stuck out stood out about his game Sunday? Well, I thought early on, you know, when he had the connections going with Terry, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, you've been looking for, you, you've wanted to see, and, uh, you know, we got a chance to see if we can do some more of that. Terry McLaurin needs 54 yards to get to 1,000 for a fourth straight season in Week 18. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. I actually found that part of that answer really interesting. What did you like about his game on Sunday, speaking of how? He said, well, we've been waiting for him to get the ball to Terry. I haven't heard that all year. Oh. That's interesting. Point of emphasis there, huh? He has not said that publicly, Mm -hmm. uh, but it was part of his game that he liked. I think he's referencing the 42-yard completion, and then shortly thereafter, obviously the touchdown toss to Terry McLaurin. That's what this league is, for the most part. You know, I mean, there's a few teams that can do it differently. They can matriculate down the field and, you know, execute and be precise all the time. But for the most part, you're looking for chunks. Right? I mean, and defenses are now trying to take those away and, and rely on a penalty, a false start, a procedure thing, one negative play, something like that, or a turnover for drives to be negated. That's what this league is. It's fighting for those big chunk plays on both sides. A week ago at this time, the decision was Sam Howell's not starting against San Francisco. We can't have him start. He's broken. The 49ers are just great defensively. This would be a, a bad position to put him in. You fast forward after he had to play because of the Brissett injury. And he handled himself okay. It wasn't great. He threw two picks. Third was dropped. But it also wasn't embarrassing. It was not nearly as bad as his Jets performance or probably even his Rams performance before that. And they're going back to Sam Howell. Why do you guys think that is? You know, the question there from Kime to Rivera was, is this because Brissett's not healthy? Or is it because you saw something in Sam that makes you think he is closer to being out of his rut? You know that you can trust him more than you could have a week ago when you felt like he was broken, and he basically said both, which means Brissett, who was limited with the hamstring today, and that injury is is not a, a zero factor here. So it could just be as simple as maybe your take is if Jacoby was healthy, they would start him. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you know they didn't want to play Howell again because they were fearful of how ugly and how awful it could get against San Francisco, and it really didn't. You know they, they were basically saying we're not going to get out of bed. And look underneath of of you know the mattress because we're afraid there could be a monster. And for whatever reason, you know they fell out of bed and it just so happened they woke up and their eyes were facing already under their bed and they saw there was no monster. Oh, we're okay. And so now they can just get back in bed. But why do you think they're going back to Sam? Is it Jacoby's health, or it's one more game? We can say he started all year. We're through the the struggles. It's more the second one, and I really do believe it got to the ownership suite. I really do. I, I think it's a come on, man. It, Stop. Stop with meaningless, futile exercises to make yourself look better. You're already, you, you don't look better. You look worse. 
just play the kid. It'll be the first time we've had someone start all 17 games or the full season, 16, 17, whatever, in a long, long time. We don't do that here. We go through four quarterbacks a year here. This is a nice, stabilizing thing, as much sample as you can get for the next regime. And by the way, it shouldn't be just Sam. It should be the practice squad Peters. It should be backup Billies. It should be everybody gets a chance here. We're we're doing participation trophy Sunday uh, against our hated rivals. Please and thank you. I really do believe it got to that level where it's not practical. I like Jacoby Brissett. He's going to have a nice contract this offseason to go somewhere, not only because of what he did here, but because of what happened in New York, in Minnesota, in Cleveland. I guess, you know, the Flacco actually saved them. But you know my point. You need a quality backup, and would you look at that? I got a 1A right here that's available to you, a great insurance policy who played really well in small samples. Thank you. Please go away. Now we need some of the kids to play. I think it got to that point. I think they're going back to Sam because now you're talking about a start for Brissett into the offseason. If you could have started him this past week and given him two games maybe, I think there'd be enough sample where all of a sudden you could you know, kind of save face a little bit and say, look at what we look like in these two games with Brissett. I don't know if there's enough of an opportunity in a one-off where you're a 13-point dog necessarily to do that. I also just think it's weird. To not start how he's quite literally run 24 plus miles of this marathon. Mm-hmm. Now, I, w- I said the same thing last week. It was weird not to start him for the penultimate game of the season, too. I hated the decision. I thought it was ridiculous and stupid. But a- at least, you know, two games to go, you're kind of pulling the plug for the moment and going to Jacoby. And you've still got, well, not a lot of the season. I mean, it's only 17 games. So, you know, 12% of the year left, you're handing over to Brissett. When you've played 16, there's one left. You got a chance to be the first quarterback here in like seven years to start every single game. It's weird to kind of blow the whistle, have him turn around as he can see the finish line and say, don't run through the tape. Come back over here. Jacoby, you go. Just a, it would be a strange thing to do. But I would be fascinated to know if Brissett was healthy enough or willing. If he what would have happened? If he yeah. was pushing and really, really wanted to get back on the field. But you know what my take is? I'm not telling you he's not hurt. He absolutely tweaked his hamstring. I just think if I, if my hamstring's barking a little bit and I'm going to the open market this offseason with the film I just had with two masterful performances off the bench against the Rams and the Jets, and my film is six drives with five touchdowns and then the others just to, when I handed the ball off three times to, to run some clock. So basically when I was throwing the football, we scored touchdowns on all five of my drives this season. Yeah, I'll just not play in the Week 18 bludgeoning against the rival trying to win the division championship. And I'll watch that game and heal up. And I'll tell my agent to start sending that film around from when I was awesome twice. Yeah, I mean, I firmly believe. There's nothing to be gained for him. Totally. I firmly believe I I add that. I put that in the yes column. I also add, if he was playing for the Green Bay Packers right now, winning we're in, he'd be going. Right, there'd be all the treatment in the world, and every 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 wrap, and every stim machine, and every uh, cold tub, hot tub, and, and and hose, and everything in between will be strapped on there, and he'd be good to go. Yeah, I'll do you one better. It doesn't even have to be another team. If this was his chance as a starter this year, let's say he got the call from week one on, and Washington right now was eight and eight, and they were a win in there in this mm-hmm. weekend to get to nine and eight. I think he'd probably gut through it and go. Just that's the competitor in, for an NFL quarterback. But for a guy who's basically been told all year, sit back and watch. And I'm sure for much of this season watching how, he probably thought, man, I can do this. I could do that. I, I could do better than what we're doing. Now all of a sudden they go, ah, it's ugly for this kid. It's going to make us look worse. Get in there and you deal with the really two good defenses 
when we're 13-point underdogs back-to-back, which no team has been at home in consecutive weeks in 24 years. You go deal with it, Jacoby. <laughs> He's probably going, who are these dudes? Like, sure. Uh, for who? For you? I don't know. I just I just can't imagine he's that excited and that much of a rush to get back on the field. But maybe that's me having never played in the NFL sitting here, and these guys are wired very, very differently, obviously. I'm aware of this. Yeah, I understand. They they think differently than we do, but I will say this. There, there is also guys make business decisions, right? And that, that is a very practical business decision. Because Now, had he not come in and played well, then it might be a different story, but he did. He came in and played splendidly, especially in stark contrast to the to, to Hal, right? In games where they couldn't do anything, he did everything. In games where they couldn't move the ball, he moved the ball. So if it's one thing where he played slightly better or, you know, while a guy was hurt in different weeks, you know, with different game plan, okay, maybe we can have a different conversation. In the same game against the same dudes, he lit it up twice. Now, contrarily on Hal's side of things, I think if you're Sam, you should really want to play for a lot of reasons. I think one of the things you're going to be able to sell to Washington, to other teams in the future potentially, he's got two years left on his rookie contract after this season still, is durability. He took a lot of shots. He did. He got hit a ton. Again, I'm, I'm not blaming the O-line. Some of it's his own fault. But the sacks, the pressures, the contact, getting smacked around in the pocket, and he just took them like love taps, man. And he kept on going. He kept on coming week in and week out. He stood up, got the start, rose to the occasion, and went back out there and played three more hours. And you can say, in a league where I look around, I think we're ending up with close to 60 starting quarterbacks. You know, on average, like three per team or something crazy like that this season in the NFL, which is just wacky to think about. Uh, Sam Howell is going to be one of the few guys in the sport who will have started 17 games. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to last season, it'll be 18 straight weeks. How many quarterbacks in the league can say that? It's probably a single-digit number or close to it. That's right. And I think that's going to be a selling point. It's a reason you want to be out there. Look, he's also got a chance to get to 4,000 passing yards. Now, some of these counting stats are largely irrelevant when it comes to him trying to sell himself as a starter because teams will just pop in the film and they'll see the sack rate or the 20 interceptions or whatever they don't like. But still, if, if you're able to, at the end of a season, say, I threw for... 4,100 yards and 23 touchdowns. I would say in 90% of seasons here, over the last 35 years, that hasn't happened. Yeah, you go, uh, I'm a, I'm a first-year starter. I topped 4,000 yards, you know, for a, an organization that's in chaos and transition, and I threw low 20s touchdown passes and played all 18 games or 17 games. That's a thing. Now, it doesn't take a lot of research to know. I don't know how impressed I should be. You led the league in attempts until yep. the final couple of weeks of the season, or it turns out, I think, he might still be first in dropbacks right now, but he also had you know maybe 21 interceptions to go along with your 23 touchdowns, uh, depending on this weekend. So uh, if I'm him, I'd want to be on the field. Not to mention, mm-hmm. you just don't know how many of these shots you're going to get. Totally. You're see Jacoby Brissett. You're a fifth-round pick. You're not most people's first plan. This was your season to figure out what you are, and you got one more chance to go out there and prove it. Go out, and I just think about this. A Week 18 game against the Cowboys and Sam Howell looks really good. Who knows what people are going to be saying going into the offseason? <laughs> I know. God. Right? I Yes. I mean, stick aside. It, it, people have already fallen for it, by the way. Right? I I'm, I'm in, I promised myself I wouldn't do this in 2024, but here I am. I was doing it last night. The, like, hey, they should draft an offensive lineman in the first round and roll with Jacoby Brissett. And it's like, oh, my God. You were doing that? Yeah. You no, know, I was arguing against people doing that. 
I'm going, for 30 years, we've done that plan. Stop doing that. No to that. And then I'm like trying to list all the reasons why. I'm in like the the, the Twitter fights again about bad plans just because someone's fooled by a small sample from a quarterback. No, thank you. But Rivera on record just about an hour and a half ago now saying that they will start Sam Howell. So last week, he benched him, didn't think he could play, needed a break, uh, was worried about what it would look like if they asked him to play against the big bad 49ers. Then Sam played at a really good first half and overall not a particularly good game. I would say you'd add it to the stretch now six in a row where he hasn't been uh, you know, league average. He's probably been below average. Having said that, it wasn't the disaster that they feared, and they are now going back to Sam Howe. Uh, what do you think led to the decision? Is this a Brissett injury decision, or did Sam show something against San Francisco that you think they liked? That is the question on Grant and Danny. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. From a um, competitive mental standpoint, did you see what you wanted out of him having been benched for a couple of days to then come back and the way he's handled it all? Yeah, he handled it very well. I mean, he handled it, you know, uh, no, you know, no different than I thought he would. I mean, he's 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 a very solid young man who's, you know, really good, a very mentally tough guy, and I thought he handled it nicely. One game left for the Commanders in twenty. 23 football. Now we're into 24, but the season winding down and the Harris ownership group is ready to take over, aren't they? Ready. (laughs) Aim. Runners, take your marks. The time is nigh. Here we go. Sunday, FedEx Field, the final game. Dallas Cowboys coming to town. Sam Howell's going to get the start. He will finish what he has started this season, the 17th game, which really is an accomplishment. Yeah. I would have bet against him lasting the whole season, taking the shots, the hits, the sacks that he has. Obviously, I think those sacks ended up still doing pretty irreparable damage this year because we got to a point within the last couple of weeks where downfield was not a part of their offense and you know he wasn't necessarily seeing the things that they wanted him to, which we saw when Brissett came out there to play and everything looked different. 
because of all the contact and the sacks. But the fact that he lasted the full season, I'll add that to the pile. I mean, there is mm-hmm. a lot to like about how he's got two years left, barely over a million dollars each of the next two years. His salary peaks in two seasons at $1.2 million. But good backups like Jacoby Brissett are seven, eight million dollars. You know, the top guys are right. expected to start some games like Gardner Minshew might be in the 10 to 12 range. That's still a massive value to have Sam on this roster, to have Hal as a part of whatever they're building. And if you draft a QB, like I think they should in the top couple of picks, no harm, no foul. You still got Sam Howe waiting in the wings in the event that he needs to play. And otherwise, he could help develop and, and back up that quarterback. Yeah, I, I bet against him on, on two fronts. And again, I liked Hal. I advocated for Hal. Thought they you know we should be playing Sam Hal. I thought Rivera would do what he did earlier at some point this season, right? You have this veteran that you brought in for this reason. The kid's getting beat up. You're not winning or the offense isn't doing what you wanted to do. And it's another lever you can pull. So I thought he would play Brissett more. I was open about that. I was wrong about that. And then uh, while he was getting sacked at a record pace, and it wasn't just the sacks, it was the hits that were piling up and up and up and up. Think of that Arizona game. Goodness gracious. To start the year, that completely unnecessary sandwich between two players on the sideline where, you know, he was in the, the, the blue concussion tent for a microsecond and got to come back in and finish the game. The level of toughness we're talking about is astounding. Now, I'm with you. I do think it affected him uh, as the season goes. How could it not? Right? We've seen so many guys shell-shocked that were never the same after getting hit so much, whether it's Patrick Ramsey, David Carr, and the list goes on. But the level of toughness and stoutness and fortitude that he's shown, that is beyond questioning. Let's go to Josh in Upper Marlboro on G&D. Joshua Rivera says they're going back to Sam Howe in this final week of the season. Do you think that's... Because of Brissett's health, or do you think they liked what they saw this weekend? I don't think it's either one. And listen, fellas, I am not a conspiracy theorist at all, but it is not lost on me that the most important thing in the entire galaxy is this number two pick, and Jacoby Brissett gives us the best chance to win, which would be the worst thing in the entire world if that happened. And so I think all things being equal and just knowing Ron and his decision-making that we've seen for the last four years, he absolutely would start Jacoby Brissett and try to end his tenure on a win. It just would not be that crazy or conspiratorial to imagine that whether it's Josh Harris or someone connected to him, and they don't even have to say who you have to start, but hey, it would be really nice if Sam Howell started this game. If that message got sent, I mean, that just would, it, it just seems obvious to me that we need the worst chance of winning, and that comes with Sam Howell as quarterback. So He, he walks into the office Thank you, buddy. on Wednesday last week, and there's just a note on his desk. It, it, maybe it's a sticky note. It's one of those yellow little notes. post-its, yeah. It's right in the middle of his computer, so before he can turn his computer on, he sees it centered up, and it says, Sam Howell on Sunday. Thanks. And he's like, who? Well, who could have left this in here? Who wrote that? Who really did? I mean, if that was just like some, if it was like the janitor, thank you. You know, whoever <laughs> right, yeah. played a prank on him, like signed Josh Harris's name, you know, good for you. Or just think about Ron telling Sam, like, hey, we, we have the utmost lack of confidence. You know, we really do. You give us the best chance to lose this weekend. Okay. We believe in you. Go out there. You're like, if that's the thought process. But I, I, I'm honestly, I'm with Josh. I, that's what I think. I think maybe they were, you know, if they were leaning one way or the other, I think the decision got taken out of their hands. I think this is this is so practical, it's so smart, it's so the right thing to do that th- there was a reminder, whether it was sp- specific from the ownership suite or not, it was, hey, this is obviously what's happening, right? With a big wink and open palms. Rivera today went into great detail again, talking about how finding the quarterback is what derailed him here 
and how quarterback is more important than maybe he ever understood, and that's the big learning lesson of his tenure. Now, again, this goes directly against him having said we found the quarterback for months on end, when, which he kept saying about Sam Howell, who he has mm-hmm. now benched two or three times, depending on what you consider last week. If it was just one benching in game day, yeah. or, or two when he said they were going with Brissett. But the, the point is, uh, it's so fitting to me that his tenure is ending with these conflicting, yeah. consecutive week, mixed message, Hal versus Brissett press conferences where last week he needed a breather. There's no mention of that now. There's no mention of him needing to sit and relax. It's kind of, it's fly by night. It's, it's like always, last Wednesday never happened. Which way is the wind blowing? That has been my issue. Not just at quarterback, but especially at quarterback. But just in general with this regime all along. And this is a really fitting final couple of weeks from the that initial how decision, which I hated, to now this decision, which goes directly in contrast to the yeah. one that he just made. No, that's a good, that's the, a good way to quantify the it. The lack of acknowledgement of the decision last week today when saying something different. It's just, it's like throwing darts sometimes with this group. Rick's in D.C. What's up, Rick? Hey, fellas. How you doing this afternoon? Hey, Rick. Yeah, um, I'm of the conclusion that Ron Rivera is the type of person that doesn't want to prove, he doesn't like to show that he's wrong. So he continues to stick with the wrong decision just to show he won't say, I was wrong in what I've done. All the decisions that he's made, bringing all the linemen from previous team here to Will Jackson and all the draft and uh, free agency decisions that he's made, he sticks with those players just so he can try to make himself look good, and it's blowing up in his face. Well, they've done that Thank times you, with assistance you know, that came over with him. They've mm-hmm. done that certainly from a personnel standpoint with their draft picks. And I think most coaches are that way, but that has definitely been a hallmark uh, of this group is they were not quick enough to to adjust and to admit when they got something wrong. They, they tried to make their thing happen desperately, and there was a buyer's remorse to that. Yeah, well, when you're when you're the evaluator and also the coach that decides playing time, it, you go, look at how many draft picks we kept. They're yours. So, yeah, that's not that big of an accomplishment, you know? Grant and Danny with you on the fan – We've got five burning NFL questions to get into ahead of week 18. We'll do that next on G&D. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.